0: Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. Oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters Podcast. My name is W.J. Sheehan. Author of the series of books, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, Sightings and Encounters, all of which are available at Amazon in paperback and ebook format. And if you're an audiophile, you can pick volumes one through eight up at Audible, iTunes, and Amazon as well. Well, my friends, may I welcome you wherever you are, whatever time zone you may be in to this, uh, my podcast. As I said, my name is W.J. Sheehan, and I have something very special in store for you today. But before I get into that, for those of you who are prayerful out there, and I know there are many, many of you, pray for my wife, Paula. She's going through a rough time right now. And I am sure that as I join with you and you join with me, things will get better and quickly. Now, today, my friends, Kevin is doing a weekend regatta, sailing regatta, that is, as I take on the solo stint of Bigfoot Terror in the Woods. And I thought to myself, this is an interesting time, And it might be a good time for me to share one of my most hair-raising personal UFO encounters. For those of you who have been listening to me for the past couple of years, you know that I have mentioned having had numerous UFO encounters and angelic encounters. So I have a great appreciation For those of you and others who may just be tuning in for the first time, who have had experiences and are sitting on the fence as to whether to share them or not, I understand that you don't want people to think you've lost your proverbial marbles or lose your position as CEO of a big company. I, on the other hand, do not care. Whatever I have, you cannot take. And so today... I'm going to share with you a UFO encounter that happened to me right here on Long Island some 25, 30 years ago. As someone who has personally endured this encounter, as well as being the author of my latest book, which I'm working on, UFO Sightings and Encounters, I can state emphatically to you, my listeners, that this event shook my world in such a way that its effect still lingers in my mind decades after the experience has passed. This is what happened to me, personally. Here on Long Island, as well as I would imagine many other locations we have what we call basement apartments. Due to the high cost of living, taxes, and high rental prices, many choose a less expensive option, being the finished basement rental, as well as the homeowners looking for something to offset their own personal financial situation. The home I was renting belonged to a good friend, an old woman who was living on welfare at the time. It was a one-bedroom, but in reality, no bigger than a studio. Good enough for me as a younger single man. I also made use of a two-car garage that she had no need of. The apartment had three windows of the casement type all located along one wall which faced the driveway. They hand-cranked open into a well or metal curb border, half in the ground below driveway level and half above the driveway. Standing in my apartment, my eyes were at driveway level facing the windows, one of them being in the bedroom, one in the kitchenette, and one in the living room. All the windows were spaced about 9 or 10 feet apart. This area is an extremely congested one, built up and very busy, with the house situated one block in from one of the top 10 roads in the country for accidents, Route 25A on Long Island. There are businesses, a fire department, a funeral home a few hundred feet from my home on the corner. All of the houses built on what we call a postage stamp lot, small, small properties. My neighboring houses were at best 25 feet away from the sides of the house I lived in. Divided only by the two driveways, theirs and mine. And across the street and in every direction was more of the same. Houses, businesses, streets, and streetlights. I mention all of this to set the stage for what was to occur that night. This was and is, in no way, shape, or form, a woodsy environment. Every piece of land had a house or a business built on it, and it was illuminated all hours of the night by streetlights, businesses, and exterior home lighting. I was asleep when for whatever reason my eyes opened, laying on my side facing the casement window in the bedroom. There was a soft white shaft of light flowing down on an angle, as though it was coming in from some height outside, down into the bedroom next to my bed, and I got up. As I now stood there looking straight down the wall into the living room, all three of the casements had the same shaft of light shining through them. In the moment, my analytical mind jumped into action, looking and listening. My immediate thoughts were these. An emergency vehicle was parked at the house next door. Or, a police helicopter was hovering nearby, with the spotlight illuminating some criminal being apprehended or searched for in the neighborhood, neither of which would be uncommon. I looked out the window, both across at the house next door and then up into the sky, and there was nothing there as I was now standing, bathed in the shaft of light. In other words, there was no light source to be seen, and I cranked the window open. Not a sound could be heard, and certainly not a helicopter or an emergency vehicle's engine. As a sense of fear and uncertainty began to take hold of me, None of this made any sense. I remember thinking in the moment, as anyone would, am I really awake? I had two aquariums in the apartment, one of which was a 65-gallon saltwater setup right next to the living room window, only, say, 15 feet or so away from where I was standing. The light was on in a tank And the filtration was running, with the fish swimming about as they should be. And I decided to go and put my hand in the tank's water, just to sense it, to affirm I was in fact awake. And so I did. After doing so and feeling assured that I was in fact awake and not dreaming a fear began to come over me. I had experienced some angelic encounters in the years prior to this event, but something told me this was no angel. By the way, angelic encounters can be quite disturbing as well, but this was in some way different, and I was about to find out why. I was thinking of going up the stairs which led out of the rear of the house and peeking down the side along the driveway towards the front, but I opted to open the window next to the fish tank fully and look both up and out towards the front of the house and the street instead. What I saw shook me to my core. So here I am, alone in this basement, with one way out up the stairs, standing in a shaft of light, looking out and up with my eyes level with the driveway, seeing no vehicles, hearing no sounds, and there being absolutely no source for the light that I am standing in. And I look to my left along the driveway at the house across the street. I am talking about perhaps 50 feet to the road and 80 feet to the front of the house that I'm speaking of at best. Smack dab in the middle of this 20 foot wide street right in front of me there is a tube of white light shining down on the road on an angle. This tube was maybe a foot or so in diameter and began only 10 or 12 feet from the ground, completely capped off at the top like it was an angled, sealed container of light And I could see some particles of some kind moving around inside of it, looking like the insects around a porch light, and I began to freak out. My recollection is that I pulled my head in and out of the opening a couple of times in utter disbelief, as you could imagine, if it were yourself in my shoes four individual shafts of light, three in the windows and one in the street, none of which had a source and yet I'm seeing them all and standing in one of them, with the one on the street being at a completely different angle relative to the ones in my windows. It was then As I poked my head out for the last time that my eyes were drawn above the house's roof across the street and I saw the craft. It seemed to be above and behind the house. I say that because it appeared too small in my estimation. Even though the light pollution in this area was incredible, its outline was solid black and could very well have been two blocks away. But why the lights I was seeing coming at various angles at such a far distance from this craft, which was projecting nothing from its body? Surely in my mind it was in some way orchestrating my experience from a distance, but why? I remember thinking about abduction, but I hadn't seen any beings, with the only things I had seen being what I just described to you. The craft was your atypical saucer, seen and described by many. Two deep coffee cup sources, one atop the other. It had a dome or narrow control canopy on the top with two dim lights, one red and one green, one being above the other, like the navigation lights on the bow of a boat. Without any rhyme or reason, a sense of peace suddenly came over me. Serenity washed over me, and in the midst of all I just described, I walked back into the bedroom, laid back down, and woke up in the morning to sunlight flowing through my windows. In the weeks that followed, I became very sick, being sidelined from work for over a month. I didn't want to drive in the car, ride in elevators, or do anything, and was somehow having a hard time swallowing food. I did somehow get to the doctor and a number of conse- consequent specialist appointments, after which the diagnosis was said to be anxiety. Anxiety? But why? Of course, none of the examining doctors knew anything about what happened. I was given some meds, but after a week or two, I realized I didn't need them, nor did I want them, and I just threw them away. It took several months to fully recover, even while being back at work after about 30 or 40 days. This, among other things, is why I have compassion for those who tell their stories, having experienced the unbelievable for myself. In some way, I've shared in their experience. All of us, having somehow formed a bond between ourselves, not knowing or having ever met each other, we have become the believers in and through what we have endured, and that's enough. Perhaps this is why I write these books and you don't, having the need to both share and know in a way that's different from most. In any event, this is but one of the strange and unusual things that have happened to me personally. And now, I have shared it with you. My dear listeners, I believe there are millions upon millions of people out there who are st- experiencing strange and bizarre circumstances, the likes of which we will never know if they don't share them. And this is why I ask everyone If you've seen something, say something. If you've experienced something, say something. And you can talk to me and I can talk to you without any fear of reprisal or laughter. Me telling you you're crazy, you're mad. You're not mad. You're experiencing the unusual. Whether it's angels, Bigfoots, flying saucers, whatever it may be. I want you to contact me. Go to my website, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods. Click on the connect or the contact button and tell me your story. I'll call you and we'll discuss it. Maybe it'll help you. I'm sure that it will. Now... I'm not going to do any listener mail today because I like to do that with Kevin. Although, one thing I will say to you my mind has gone a bit bonkers. And I'll tell you why. I can't believe how many people wrote into me after a discussion about Andre the Giant playing the Bigfoot in The Six Million Dollar (laughs) Man. Now, I have to tell you, at my age, I was not a fan of The Six Million Dollar Man. To me, it was corny. But then as I look back at old episodes of Batman, Flash Gordon, The Man from UNCLE, all of these things are really corny to me now, too. And at the time... I thought they were the cat's meow. But we're going to save this for a further discussion when my brother comes back as he reads some of the mail. And today, I have a very strange Bigfoot account that I thought was rather apropos having shared with you a very strange UFO encounter. The title of this story is The Man on the Tailgate. And if you think the UFO encounter was strange, wait till you hear this. Just when I thought things couldn't possibly get any stranger in regards to the tales I've heard about Bigfoot, alone comes this account as told to me by Deacon Dennis Pearson. That's right, Deacon Dennis Pearson. A residence, a resident of Los Angeles. A man who was not always a Catholic deacon, as you will soon find out. This is what Dennis had to share. The story that I'm about to share with you, Bill, actually happened in 1989. I was 27 years old. I first noticed the man as I was sitting on my tailgate at a truck stop, drinking a cup of coffee and looking over my map for a location in regards to my fall hunt up north. For whatever reason, across the parking lot and standing on the other side of a four-lane highway, a tall man wearing a Hawaiian-style shirt and blue jeans had caught my eye. Again, I can't explain why, but I felt he was looking directly at me as my eyes lifted from the map to see him. When the traffic had broke with the change of the lights the man proceeded to walk across all four lanes heading right towards me his gaze was fixed on me the entire time he walked and something inside of me said he is coming to talk to you that's all i can say i looked back down at the map trying not to pay attention to him or what I was thinking when suddenly I looked up and he was but feet away from me saying hello. This guy was about seven feet tall and his skin was flawless. He had a piercing look to his eyes and within the first minute or so I realized he wasn't blinking. And I do mean not blinking at all. He said his name was Angel. And without so much as asking me, he sat on the tailgate next to me. I noticed almost immediately that the buttons on his shirt had been buttoned out of order. In other words, he started and ended on the wrong button. Beginning on the bottom and consequently at the top by the neck, the one side had no button fixed in the slit, if you can follow that. Now, mind you, I'm sitting on the tailgate with my map open, having said nothing to him about what I was doing, who I was, or what the map was in reference to. He then looked at me directly in the eye, saying, So, you're a hunter. I said to him, How could you possibly know that I was a hunter? He said to me, Well, the pickup truck and the map of the Northwest country pretty much clued me in. The very next thing he said to me was this, Do you believe in God? I responded, No. He then said, Well, you know, if there isn't a God, then it really doesn't matter, does it? But if there is, such a creator will certainly require that his grandest creation give an account to him of their actions. He stood up right in front of me, towering over me, He extended his index finger on his right hand and placed it directly on the forest location which I was planning to hunt on the map. He then said to me the following, A forest like that can hide many things, some of which can change a man's mind in a hurry. Without as much as saying goodbye, he said to me, God is always there when you need him and he walked away. I sat there somewhat stupefied as this man walked away in a completely different direction than that which he had come disappearing behind a building. It was in October that I made my way into the timber on the northwest side of Clutchman Rock between it and the southernmost fork of the Clearwater River. I had 3 days' supplies and my rifle, which was loaded and on safety. It was on day two, late in the afternoon, when I had stopped to lean against a tree and take a breather, that I had apparently nodded off. As I opened my eyes and, thinking I was in a dream, crouched down in front of me, With its face so close to me, I could smell its breath, was an enormous Sasquatch. It shocked me so much that I initially threw my head backward, slamming it against the tree I was resting against, after which my eyes were focused directly on this creature. This beast extended its hand towards me with the evilest grimace I had ever seen. And I thought to myself, you're a goner for sure. His smell was horrific, and his head was as big as a large watermelon set end to end, being oblong in shape and very wide. Its breathing was steady and rhythmic as he started to open his mouth and show me his teeth. It was then that the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel started to roll out of my mouth. Where it had come from, I don't know. Somewhere in my youth. Dear St. Michael our Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the souls of men. When I opened my eyes, I was laying in the bed of my pickup truck with my backpack and my gun lying next to me. I started to feel the scratched metal bed of the truck with my fingers and began to sit up. I was looking around and touching everything, not knowing what had transpired and thinking I was losing my mind. I grabbed my gun and it was unloaded. And my pack was totally intact and sitting in the corner of the pickup truck's bed. As I sat there in my mind's eye, which is the only way that I can describe it, appearing to me was the face of the man from the truck stop many months earlier. But now, he was glowing and radiant. He said to me, God is always there when you need him and he faded away. His words started ringing in my ears about how a forest like that can hide many things and how some of them can change a man's mind in a hurry. Well, changed my mind, it did. As you can see, Bill, and as you now hear, I have never again told anyone that I don't believe in a God. And since the experience which I had that day, I have become a deacon in my church. My dear listeners, as many of you who have read my series of books know, this is the second account told by an individual who was both moved and motivated to pray during an encounter, both having apparently, in my estimation, been visited by an angel assigned to protect them. What else can one say about such things other than, wow? My dear listeners, say what you will. I have experienced such things in my own life. Who am I to criticize this man and others for having experienced the same? When you are caught in the middle of what you know as being reality and forced to face the facts about what you have seen and what you have now experienced. What else are you left with other than the reality that there are things out there that beggar description? There are things going on on this planet, in the sky, in the universe for which we have not been given an instruction manual or a handbook as to what to do when we encounter them. There's no teaching on them, no curriculum, no school or college classes taught about them. They are, in fact, the unknown. Again, as I end here today... I thank you for listening, and I ask you to pray for my wife, Paula. Go out, buy a book, show some support for the work that I am doing. I trust that next week, if I'm not inundated with appointments to and fro the hospital and various doctor's offices, that we will meet again on this fine podcast, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods. And remember, if you should find yourself near Kluchman's Rock and the Clearwater River, you would best remember one thing, always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. And even then, it may be of no help to you. Sleep tight, my friends.